Hello and welcome to the Daily Zen podcast. My name is Charlie Ambler. I'm the creator of Daily Zen, which has lived on Twitter for 10 years, um, twitter.com slash daily zen. This is the free episode of this week's podcast. The premium episode will be posted to Patreon later in the week to all subscribers, anyone interested in um, donating to help keep Daily Zen quality and allow me to devote a certain amount of time to it. Today, uh, like usual, I'm going to discuss a few different topics suggested by followers on Twitter and maybe discuss a few other things as well. We'll see. Uh, The first topic that was suggested to me on Twitter was um, by a guy named David Davies and it is it just says daily grind uh, which sort of started making me think about um, daily routines and how you know as we start to practice more and get into you know what it means to cultivate um, spirituality what constitutes you know a proper daily routine because you know as soon as you start to meditate or reflect um, you'll find that there's a lot of things you begin to question and things you begin to reconsider and as a result you know you start to make pretty significant changes in your life maybe not right away but it's certainly over time and I find that the more rooted and engaged I am in my practice, the more unconventional and eclectic my daily routine tends to shape itself. I happened to start practicing when I was not really responsible for my own routine when I was much younger, but I've sort of meditated through, you know, I meditated through high school, I meditated through college, and then, you know, my practice became most serious when I finished college and uh, started working for myself and trying to make ends meet by myself first pretty um, sparsely and then now relatively successfully I think and having that experience behind me and looking forward towards how I'm going to continue to progress in that provides a certain perspective that I think is unique and might be useful to people Uh, I might be wrong and you can please voice your opinion if I am (laughs) but uh, there's a certain rethinking of time and what constitutes value you know value spent versus uh, value experienced when we think about time you have to excuse me I live next to a school and there's some daily announcements being projected into the air right now so you might hear those um But when we think about time, we're sort of conditioned from a young age to be, you know, as average as possible to achieve as much as we can, certainly, but to fall in sort of a certain bell curve of achievement uh, that, you know, is standardized enough to allow most people to function normally within society, you know, which means you're working eight hours a day, five days a week, you get the weekends off, you get certain vacation days, whatever, you know, you're doing a job that you maybe you don't love, but it pays the bills and you know, that's enough. And you know, most people engage in that dynamic at some point in their lives, most people, um, or, you know, the average person spends their entire life engaged in that dynamic. 
but I think you know the combination of access to uh, reflection and inner understanding and you know spiritual understanding with sort of all these new um, opportunities and venues that exist either on the internet or you know in cities where life is significantly more accelerated and populous than it's ever been for people uh, with more technological aids and tools at our disposal than there ever have been there are a lot of um, very interesting way kind of ways that you can model your existence differently from how people have in the past and so when we you know if maybe you've never meditated before maybe you're just starting maybe you just like to read self-help books or you know whatever it is the process of reflection when you're sort of uncovering all of these things that you that you know but you didn't you know consciously think about before um, maybe things about yourself that you didn't want to acknowledge prior to beginning your practice or just kind of general truths that somehow eluded you but you know have always kind of been there waiting to be uncovered you you know you kind of just start to think in a different way um, in a way where you can learn how to sort of maximize the value of each moment in a in a more optimal way than you know just like right now I'm working or right now I'm leisurely you know this is my career this is my playtime you know instead of making these very simple distinctions which are in the realm of work uh, dualistic you know we're either working or we're playing we're either productive or unproductive you know time is either being spent or wasted that's a sort of dualism that you know if we if we zoom out and apply it more broadly to the way we experience the world that's what we're trying to transcend or not trying to transcend but that's what we inadvertently transcend when we practice so you know the same way you can go beyond the dualism of good and evil or happy and sad or you know any of this uh, cultivating a, a reflective practice helps you go beyond the dualism of work and leisure and that can really open up some interesting opportunities just for you in each you know in each day each week each month to figure out how you spend your time um, the biggest thing that I can think of from personal experience is sort of this idea that you know um, you can you can do little things over time that snowball into um, opportunities before you realize it and those are sort of things that can't come about unless you are focused fully in the moment you know like um, this is my right now is my time off you know I don't have to be making this podcast and for like 10 years I've been putting you know a little extra time each day into daily zen um, you know never really trying to profit from it or anything I have another business that I run that I do that with where it's just purely a business you know but just by just by taking your time and devoting it towards something a little bit each day you know over time you start to compound you know it's like compound interest where you're adding a little bit more and a little bit more you know a little bit here a little bit there 
but as you start to engage with the world using your time in a certain way and you're patient and consistent you start to get sort of a response back from the world whatever it is you know maybe you're you start to write a blog and uh, nobody reads it at first and then a few people read it months later you know maybe five people read it a few months later and then a year later a hundred people read it and then two years later a thousand people read it and then pretty soon you know you've got an audience of 50,000 people or 100,000 people or millions of people that you can share your thoughts with and that would never have been possible for you you know as a as a relatively valuable and rewarding way to spend your time if you hadn't taken your time initially and so to speak wasted it you know not doing it something that's immediately profitable you know going to a shitty job and getting a basic wage is immediately profitable but over the long term doesn't really provide as much potential for growth as taking a risk uh, in your leisure time and you know developing something that you feel is valuable that you want to participate in that you know eventually it starts to eclipse what you spend most of your time doing um, sort of just a matter of rethinking time and how we allocate it you know sort of like diversifying the amount of time you have in the way that you would diversify a portfolio or something where you're becoming more creative and looking beneath the surface and instead of just saying you know 50 50 or you know I'm gonna spend this amount of time doing this and this amount of time doing this finding a certain fluidity and uh, flow that caters more to your innate nature that you uncover as you practice because everyone in that realm is completely different and so you know if you apply the if you apply the model to yourself that uh, everyone else applies to themselves you just you know you make yourself more like everyone else uh, and maybe you shroud your um, parts of yourself that that make you exceptional and make you unique in order to remain in a sort of um, comfortable uh, alley of normalcy you know and we all do that in a million different ways not just professionally and I think in modern times the, the primary value that we get without really trying to from meditation or just from any sort of probing into the self is the real that realization that you you do have you know having freedom isn't just being comfortable having freedom is using your time in any in any way that you choose really any way that you choose and you know not that doesn't mean necessarily taking the easiest road or taking the the least risky road i feel like the majority of people who take big risks later say that it was the most you know whether they fail massively or they succeed massively by conventional standards those are the experiences that we that we learn most from i like to th i love the uh, writer nasim nicholas taleb who wrote a book called anti-fragile about sort of the things systems that benefit from instability and chaos um, and he has another book called fooled by randomness that uh is probing the idea that 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 sometimes we benefit from we benefit from risk and from going against intuition from going against normalcy and, and expectation more than by following it which 
that's obvious as a philosophical tenet, but the deeper we go into it, the more interesting it gets to, on a, on a microcosmic level in your own life, experiment with going against your own grain instead of following some sort of cliche idea of going against society or, you know, being an outlier or whatever, going against your own preconceptions, your own habits, your own beliefs about the world, really, really challenging them and digging deep, maybe having like arguments and disagreements with other people with a, with a constructive premise, of course, not just trying to be confrontational. In an attempt to subvert yourself to a degree where you can uncover a little bit more truth about yourself, I think that's the sort of the fundamental thing that we're doing here. So, you know, it's not just, you know, that the answer to that question obviously trailed into other topics. Um, but the daily grind becomes less of a grind when it's indistinguishable from the rest of, you know, life. I mean, if you can be working for a few hours, playing for a few hours, doing this, doing that, you know, engaging in leisurely activities that over time bring you both inherent value and material value, that's phenomenal. You know, we shouldn't get too attached to those notions of wanting to succeed or wanting to build anything, you know, because that makes us get ahead of ourselves. But just taking your time and participating in the world and in your own life in different more well thought out and experimental ways is most of the time can only be beneficial you know Let's see if any other suggestions correlate to that or, or a good segue Uh, this isn't really a good segue, but it's a topic that I think is great to discuss that I'm surprised I haven't talked about yet. Someone goes, the isolation of detachment in modern society, which I, I, I read as the isolation that comes from being detached from a lot of the things that are valuable to modern people, which is a challenge for anyone who does what I just described, which is reflect to the point that you start to question things that you previously believed or ideas about who you are. Inevitably, that influences your ideas about the world and maybe can really turn some of your thoughts upside down. And in the realm of social relationships, you know, professional relationships, whatever, that can be an extremely arduous and difficult process to go through. Um, I went through that a few years ago where I sort of just had more time on my hands to read and study and everything. And I spent it really trying to dig into my prior beliefs and get to the bottom of why I believed them. And I realized that I, there wasn't really a reason. It was kind of just the, the dominant beliefs that I had decided that were mine because I had been passed, you know, they had been passed on to me for so long. And I started to question them and ultimately overcame them and really uh, swung in a completely different direction that I would have never expected for myself. But one that I think, based on those experiences, roots me more in the world of the truth than, 
you know, the world of um, ideals or thoughts, uh, abstractions, which I think is an important part of the spiritual journey is un- uncovering as much truth and as much, no matter how harsh it is, as much self-honesty and honesty about the world as we can. Because the ultimately the pain that we experience from accepting little thousands of little lies each day and living with them and plotting our decisions and our friendships and whatever else around them is far more harmful in the long term than the um, rift that comes from realizing that you're you're misguided or that you're taking a wrong step and reorienting yourself towards a more truthful way of life and again that's a that's a choice everyone makes the same way people make a choice with how they spend their time there's a choice of you know are we going to let the as are we going to let ourselves feel a sense of detachment and one step further are we going to let ourselves feel alienated by that sense of detachment or are we going to keep digging until we find what we're you know born attached to effectively you know what's inherently a part of us and what is deeply true to us and then work out from there trying to cultivate a life of activities relationships ideas conversations that reflect that inner truth rather than just the 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 usual sort of I'll scratch your back if you scratch mine, social conversations that tend to occur where, you know, people in in inadvertent ways are all kind of flattering each other all the time and avoiding any sort of missteps or avoiding any sort of miscommunications or confrontations at the expense of a deep, deeper understanding of one another. So, you know, in reality, there's a... Maybe there's an initial isolation that comes from not being able to enjoy those shallow conversations or shallow activities that one used to participate in before a a deeper understanding of oneself was reached. Uh, But that's that's a temporary obstacle to overcome that is awaited later on by a more, much more deep and authentic sense of joy and belonging in the world that comes from accepting things as they are, accepting oneself as one is, but not foregoing the opportunity to change and adapt. And um, generally just choosing a choosing a life of honesty and truth over a life of, you know, posturing or craving or delusion, which is what that's all the, the Buddhist master's favorite word is the life of delusion. That's the you know the simplest guidance of most Zen masters is just don't be deluded. And obviously the question is how do we do that? But um, the that's for that's for each individual person to find out for themselves. And the you know practice of reflection and the practice of that that diligence and that honesty that we have to do in order to experience that deeper meaning is a choice again and some people do it and some people don't and you might not hear from a lot of the people who do it because they they 
maybe they're not interested in sharing it or talking about it. That's the, the irony, I think, with a lot of spiritual stuff is the people who, people who are doing the most valuable work in the realm of this, the spirit, you'll never know and you'll never hear from them because they don't want to. They, they have no need to project themselves out, you know. You don't listen to the, you know, if you're if you're in the park walking around, you listen to your friend who's closest to you, who you're, who you're with, or, you know, your own thoughts. You don't listen to the crazy guy with the megaphone, which is ironic that I'm talking about that, but I think there's some truth to the subjectivity of, you know, there's the objectivity of truth and nature, which exists outside of us, and then there's the subjectivity of the inner quest to remove the barriers between us and that truth which is significantly more difficult uh, because it varies for everyone and there's really no way to properly communicate that to others I certainly try but uh, you know it's certainly it's definitely a solitary pursuit so instead of instead of letting it isolate you or letting it cause you to get ironically detached or sincerely detached, ironically detached or sincerely detached to, you know, the modern world. There's more comprehensive and honest ways to both engage with the world as it is, recognize what's bullshit, recognize what's true to you, and do what I said earlier, which is, you know, allocate your time towards X amount of things each day that provide a certain balance and a certain harmony in your life and you know a lot of people hate it when I when I remind them on Twitter or whatever in a quote or whatever that it's fully in it's that they're fully responsible for that and they're fully responsible for how they spend their time and how they think and how they feel other people are not really responsible for that and part of my own ideological revolution or spiritual revolution for myself came from realizing that I was associating with a lot of people and a lot of um, kind of frameworks of thought that were more willing to victimize the self or abdicate responsibility for one's life and instead blame the what are really microcosmic personal issues and problems, neuroses, delusions, whatever, blaming those on the world at large and how easy of an ideology that is to subscribe to and how easy of a, of a framework it is to propagate because it's so tempting. It's like a mass, you know, it's, that's the real opiate of the masses is, you know, of course, if you come up to someone who's never reflected on themselves and say that they can blame all of their problems on something that's not them, of course, they're going to jump on the bandwagon, you know, it doesn't really require much critical thought. And so it's all just kind of about reconnecting, not just with what's true in the world, but with, with what's true to you based on who you objectively are and based on the, the amount of experiences you've had so far, how you, how you choose to orient yourself in the present. And there's no need to really plan anything too far ahead or to reflect too much upon the past you kind of just have to take what you have to work with and work with it so 
yeah, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna stop there. There's a few more suggestions for topics that I'll probably address on the other episode this week, and um, the rest I will get to next week, I guess. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to follow Daily Zen on Twitter. And if you're a huge super fan, to make some sort of uh, subscription contribution on Patreon.com/slash/DailyZen, which helps me do the podcast and do whatever i don't know eventually i'll probably just donate all of that money or something i don't really know but uh thanks for listening thanks for supporting and i will be back later this week